Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Achtung Noor, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwiches. Hello dear listeners, welcome to Achtung 424 Extra, and it's extra because we've got our regular special guest, Mr. Harry Warren. How are you doing, H? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Um, yeah, we're just speaking off air, weren't we? Um, I, I'm finding this a strange season, and I, I think I might have made this point already to Mike on the regular show, which will be yesterday by the time this goes out. Um it's a very odd season. I'm finding Gary Rowett this season a fairly odd manager, if I'm going to be <laughs> honest. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, because I, I, I really don't want to jump on the um, the easy bandwagon. And, and you know, you, you were at the ground last night, Harry, after what in the end was a, a good 1-0 win. Um, but the team left the field at half-time, uh, and I felt justifiably two jeers and two to um you know boos and 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 the rest because we all hear the same comments that get made there were, there were people around me in, in blocks one and two that were you know expressing strong opinions let's put it that way about <laughs> Gary Gary Rowett um and I thought it might be interesting obviously we'll talk about the game last night because it was a good game in the end and I think you have to take your hat off where it's due and the other side of that coin is you, you criticise where it's appropriate. And I, I just wanted to try and touch on where we're at with Gary Rowett. And I don't know if we can get inside his head because I, I can't quite understand some of his thinking at times. And I think, um, don't know about you, Harry, but that, that, that slightly bothers me because, you know, last night's game was was everything in encapsulated in one match, wasn't it? Um, you know, we had a second half Stoke-style comeback after a really drab and really dreary first half and you can't you can't have the you can't have the sunshine of a little rain at times i know but the contrast is is really quite marked um last mm. couple of home games now how, how did you see last night i thought the first half was akin to under holloway mm. um it was a system being played to fit everyone in yet fitting no one in yeah. um ben has never been a left winger Matt Smith can't press. They're playing five at the back and playing out from the back with a keeper that decided to turn up and his key attribute seemingly being that he was very, very good with his feet. And there was times where sort of in their own sort of final third, there was five Reading players knocking it about and we've got Matt Smith sort of standing off in a in a, in a sort of press, a half press, shall we say. Mm. 
this is not the way to get the den lit up on a cold Tuesday night at the beginning of November. This definitely was not a firework night kind of thing. And <laughs> I, I just sat there and I, I, I mean, the crowd, I, I mean, I don't know what it looked like from where you were, but it, it felt very empty. It felt Spurs. very Spurs. League One Millwall, um, yeah. which I like, funny enough. I, I like the fact that, I mean, there was a hell of a lot of tourists at Millwall last night. I don't know what kind yeah. of deals. We didn't get them. I mean, where I was sat, and I quite like it from a podcasting point of view because you can talk and no one's going to look at you like you're a nutcase because there was row upon row upon row of empty seats over in where I sit in, in Birdship Corner. Um, I we didn't. I didn't see so many of the tourists. It was. It looked like regulars there, but there weren't many of them, and a lot of regular faces actually weren't there. Yeah, that's um, what I had. I had. The regulars seemed to have been swapped out for people wearing Millwall scarves, holding them up in front of, you know, sort of the pitch <laughs> at, at eye level kind of thing. And I'm almost like, why have you come here? There must be a better show in town, whether it be football, whether it be a show. There must be something that you could be doing better than this. You'd hope the West End can put something on. I mean, you, you know, you, you'll always get the uh, the Danish and the Dutch and the, and and the, and, and the other nations um, looking for their seat number in an empty block. And I always want. Sometimes I'll say to them, "Don't matter where you sit, mate. There's, there's no allocation of seats." Sometimes yet. you. Sometimes I feel like they're like lemmings. So I feel like it's like <laughs> doing a human experiment to watch them struggle for their seat. Does that make me an evil person? I don't know. I, don't um, know. I do feel for them when good. they bring. They bring their beers in like civilised people do it all around the world when they go to football. They bring a beer in to sit and watch the football and then they get mm. um, chucked back downstairs or relieved yeah, of their points by, by Lurch or, or something. By or Lurch worse. or Lurch's cronies. Yeah, um, yeah there was a bit the of that last night. Um, enough, the kiosk, the kiosk last night, um, I was reliably informed in the Dockers Lower, yeah. you could get a pie from the kiosk as you come in, but you couldn't get a pie from the kiosk down the end. So you had to, you could get one or the other. So you could get a pie one end and a burger down the other, not at the same kiosk. This, I think this the room... club is struggling for staff, Harry. I mean, you know, it's a serious thing in a way. I think, I think I can't. I don't think they can get the the, the people to to do the um, to run it properly. And that's why you get these silly situations that you're describing. That's what I think. I can't. I can't see them making the under six that long gone are the days where the youth team players have to. <laughs> after as part of their duties do I uh, do a shift behind the Millwall kiosk but, it was um, funny I was, I was driving over last night it didn't actually didn't take me long to get through the tunnel last night so I, was, I started to listen to the Neil Harris podcast the wall talk which is very good um, and I recommend anyone have, have a listen to it um, and you know I'm only, I'm only 20 minutes in but the 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 evident love of Millwall just pours out of the man. And it, it was quite an interesting thing to kind of arrive to. Um, uh, Neil, Neil sounds like exactly as I hoped he would sound like, just as a fan watching him as a player, he, he's, he comes over as a person with a deep and abiding love of Millwall Football Club in all of its facets. Um, you know, and sometimes that's not always attractive. Um, whereas... Last night's certainly the opening phase, and you know Gary Rowett is never going to be Neil Harris. He doesn't come from the same um, uh, kind of a starting point as, as a player, or you know, he's not he's not in, in, embedded in the club folklore. Um, but it just looked, uh, a bit like on Saturday, the away game at Huddersfield. H, um, it felt like no one no one cared very much, and. You can talk about Neil's tactics till the cows come home and, and maybe they reach their limits and maybe he, I think the bit I turned off the car engine was 
where he was talking about his own managerial development. And I think he'd probably be the first to say he's got things to pick up. He probably never stopped learning in that profession. But the, the soul destroying thing is at Millwall, where no one seems to be too bothered. And the the game last night seemed to be going down that road at times. I mean, it was an early chance for Jed. Then it all went off the boil. And then towards the end of the half, I don't know if you um, recall this, but it's like the defence suddenly turned into five or six strangers that had just met at the bus stop and just walked yeah. in with Millwall shirts on. And so we went out of defence, you know. Well, we don't seem to we don't seem to have any kind of pattern of play in that first half. There was no right. We're gonna you know they they did seem like they were eleven strangers put together on my Saturday league side, mm. you know, out of a pool of seventy players. We picked ten are aside, and this yeah. is the first time we're all playing together. And and, and that happens at Millwall uh, too much this season, especially in transition from attack to defence, and more so in when we've lost the ball in our own half. It's always dangerous, but this season we get punished every time we do it, it or it seems to. Mm. Um, but, again, uh, touching on your point, the thing is that, uh, you know, with, with Gary Rowett, you, your, he's, his win ratio in the last couple of weeks has been very good. What is it, five out of six? It's improved a lot because it wasn't, wasn't uh, so good about a month but, ago. You know how, like, you can be teams at the top of the table and people turn around and go, they won't last because they're mm. not as good as they're, you know, that's hiding a lot of cracks. Yeah. That is what this is doing. And, and you know, it, it's people are going to slate me. I don't care, right? He's not a very good football manager. Last night, he done things that meant they won a game. So that's, but how many times has he done that since Callum Davidson has left? It's dropped off remarkably since that man has gone for whatever reason it might be a pure coincidence but at the same time this must be the same for every single club in this bunch of teams that we are league position wise because I've come to the conclusion that this championship season barring the teams that are going to go up automatically and probably Fulham is dog shit because it's, they, it's, well, it's, it's, yeah, wide but, open, which I think is the same point in a way. It's this much of a muchness across the board. Um, I, I, I the, the thing that intrigued me last night, I just want to dwell on last night for a moment, if if I may, is that I was, I was looking at Reading because they were coming, um, towards where I was sitting in the um, in the second half. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, sorry, uh, uh, first half, sorry. Um, and they, they, they I presume we watch teams. I presume we do. I mean, you can you can do a lot of work just watching the TV. There's a lot of information available on how teams play and, and their 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 style. And Reading were a possession based side, and you know they I didn't think they were particularly threatening, but they they certainly kept the ball a lot and they denied it to us. So you kind of want something to um, match up with that. And I thought we looked so woefully ill suited to the team that we were playing in the first half, particularly. Mm. Um, I wonder what we've been looking at all week. What, what you know? I, I'm not saying that I would do any better. No, I'm not setting myself up as any, um, you know, like opposition a, scout. Yeah, like I know better. But you know, if if you watch your opponents and you get a general sense of how they play, who their danger men are, and what they're going to do, and you want to react to that or match it, then we just look so far off of the pace in the first half, listeners. I, I, I stress because the second yeah. half it was totally different. It was but electric that's, that's, suddenly. That's very much like the Fulham game. Yeah, he he made tactical changes for the Fulham game at home when we got pumped and they were out of sight inside twenty two minutes, um, and he changed to match them up. 
It wasn't a game to match up for them's tactical ability because they're better than us. We're not doing anything. And in the first half, I agree with you, we're totally passive. We're passive mm. against their... Sat behind like, the ball, and, watching them and pass. This is, and the thing that allows you... This is the thing. Is by not ha- by playing a four against their five, it allowed their wing bats to come out, and their mm. wing bats come out, and you you've not your left back and right back get pushed further and further back, so you don't go and press because you can't press because they've now got a two on one, uh, and and this is this is what happens. This is why when you change the five, although it was defensive, or on the on the face of it is defensive at half time, it's not defensive because basically what you've done is. Our fullbacks now are going at their fullbacks, so therefore they you're can't make it as much of in the sense. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. So you've you've cut that option, so you're sending it back through the middle of the park, um, and and that's basically where the changes really started to begin. Also, the fact that Scott Malone, after Jed, for me, is probably in that system is our most important player. That's not knocking Murray Wallace, but Murray Wallace is a is sort of a meat and two veg Millwall, yeah, yeah. great Millwall story type football player. But Scott Malone is There's a touch Scott of Malone. He there. can't yeah. he yeah. he can't defend, but he can do lots of stuff, lovely little things when he goes forward. And he's a modern fullback. He is a modern fullback. They don't defend, they attack. And yeah. um these are these are important points. And going back to what you were saying about Gary Rowett, what does he do? I generally still don't think he knows his best team. I, I don't I don't think he knows. He's got a lot of midfielders, which still baffles me. Kifton Bell went off at half time because he was lucky not to get sent off, I think, because he could have been put before he did. I think he was getting frustrated with his inability to make an impact on the game. So his his way then is to clip somebody, but it's it's a short but, side. But again, all of a sudden we go to a sort of more I don't know. I I like the idea that the idea of a Leonard Savile uh, Billy Mitchell midfield is my is my ideal three, mm. and I got tantalisingly close to it last night. And I, I I had it for a few moments against Stoke, and it was as a midfield two with Leonard and and uh, Billy Mitchell. And Billy Mitchell, you know, needs to learn on the job. There was a moment last night where he turned into travel ball, and I thought, yeah. oh, this is going to end badly. Yeah, and, yeah. and he somehow got away with it. He made that great tackle at the end, and I want to see him, but. I also, on the same point, want to see Danny McNamara. And I have a thing with our manager that he doesn't like young players. It just it just looks very obvious to me that it's not a. um... I don't I don't understand. I mean, I I know the championship is a tough proving ground, and it's no no place for boys. That's you know we're not listening to 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 Neil speaking on the podcast. He's talking about the great team of uh, nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand promotion from League League One as it would be now where you could play youngsters. We had to play youngsters because we had no other choice and they had to learn on the job because there was no one else adequate to, to do the job that we were asking of them. But we are in a higher level and I, I, I can kind of accept that you, 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 you know, you'll win nothing with kids as the, as the old sayings goes, but equally we do have talent. Um, I believe Danny Mack, for example, is a talented boy. Um, he will make errors because he's a young man and young men do often stray where they shouldn't you know it's that's the story of us all um but equally um you sort this kind of thing out in the, on the training ground age don't you you know you 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 you, you hopefully weekdays you condition your players to do 
the roles that you you're asking of them and then match day well you know you keep your fingers crossed they go out and do it but i don't understand why why Danny Mack has not even been sat on the, the bench when, you know, I, I don't want to keep digging Alex Pierce out because I don't have a problem with him particularly, but he will not play much of a role this season. Whereas Danny Mack, you'd expect, would be um, yeah. a, ma- a major part of the drama, you know. So I, I expect if we, if we lost the centre midfielder, like the best thing that could happen to us is Evans and Kifton Bell getting injured. That would be the best <laughs> thing that would happen because that, that would force him into playing you know, midfielders in midfielders' positions, you know, beyond this. He loves a utility player. He does love a player that can play multiple positions. He does. Um, um, and I, I mean, this is a football manager thing. I, th- I don't think he's alone in that. I, th- I mean, across the years, I, the, the managers always seem to favour workmanlike, um, you know, functionality over over talent. I mean, it, it, you could take it to any level you like. And yeah. the, the talented player will always lose out to the... Uh, the Glenn Hoddle will always lose out to the. I'm trying to think of a functional midfielder of that era. I don't know, Jerry Francis or something, you know. Yeah, that's. that's I think that's based from back then when you sort of only had one or two subs. So yeah. you needed someone that could play maybe, you know, left back, right back, centre back, centre midfield, you know. It, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That makes sense. But they're talking now about bringing the five sub rule in permanently. Yeah, and, from next and, season, and, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so this idea of a utility man, I do not need a George Evans, a Kifton Bell. And then Alex Pierce to be free of my Millwall options. There's a lot of that's functionality not, going on. That's a lot of it's a lot of dysfunctionality there. I'll tell you. I mean, they're limited <laughs> players in their way. But this this is this is the thing with Gary Rowett. I don't see. I, I'm not sold on the vision. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, the I can is... accept you can accept a lot of things for winning, and we're winning games, yes, so can, we shouldn't be yeah, too yeah. too thing. But like every time I think I see what he's trying to do instantaneously he he stops himself from doing that and he moves on to something else he's very i, like I feel like he must be like pattern of behavior isn't it it's like yeah it's like, couch, an, it's, like, you know? it's like an addict he's like an he addict does he me. does have the, the, the he does have a solution because he's had it twice now forced upon him um like like often um you know tough love is often forced upon you for your own good um against stoke he had to come out fighting because they got Roundly booed mm-hmm. off the pitch. Um, again, deservedly so. Well, exactly, deservedly so. I, mean, I know the the um, you know decision making of the crowd can sometimes be a harsh thing, but you know you only get booed off at Millwall if you've not done the business, or you haven't shown that you cared enough about it either, which I think is the crucial thing. So they got booed off against Stoke, and we came out fighting, and look look what happened. The place came alive, and suddenly you've got the the buzz, the, the Millwall. Yeah, but, he didn't like, but then I read the report and he didn't like that. We called it chaos. He, we thrived in the chaos. Um, I guess he wants no, to control editors. No, yes, we do. We do thrive in chaos. We are. This is a club built on <laughs> chaos. You have to embrace the chaos. That's that's. If you haven't worked that out by now, you're never going to get us. Yeah, this no, is the point no. about he's not a Millwall man. And he never will be. And he won't understand what that is. Because if you can't understand that you have to... At, I don't mind you being fucking Inspector Cuso or Hercule Poirot away from home. I don't care. Crack on with Hastings. Do what you want to do, right? Be mm. methodical. Do 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 your method, right? Yeah. But at a home, I want Keith Noon. I want fucking drums and, <laughs> and, and and you know, I want... That's a good analogy. Loon. I like that one. That's uh, a good one. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the yin and yang of Millwall. Like, people that go away from home are quite happy to watch Millwall 
fuck everyone off by being shit for 87 well, minutes. And as long as you bring home the result. Yeah, that's right. right? I mean, that's that's yeah. it, right? But at home, you have to... We are here to be entertained. This is the Coliseum. This is Rome. This is, yeah, yeah. This, is this is what we want. And, I, you know, there is a line, and obviously I'm doing this for dramatic effects, and I understand they won last night. I am aware of this. But the crowd, I keep saying to you, I keep saying to everyone on this podcast, it's unsustainable. That the, the hatred towards him in the ground is is unbelievable for a man that keeps yeah. winning games. That's, no, that's no, no, the no, thing no. that I, I can't work out for. There will be some of it. Anyone that listens to the the other show where I do my recording, I mean, you can you can you'll hear stuff. I edited some of it out. So blimey, that was a bit strong. That on bloke shouted out, you know. Um, so you know, you you're right. I mean, there there is a, there is there is no love, and I think that's 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 always a a hard starting point i mean he, he does need results he, he got it last night because we switched uh and i'm not going to talk about tactics four four three three uh three five two whatever you like basically in the second half whatever uh, style of play that was wing backs or whatever you want there was electricity in the air and and players i mean mason bennett i thought actually got a little nice little underrated um role last night he did very well scott malone you, you've mentioned and you've always got jed who will always give you quality and ryan leonard's playing out of position was actually looking like a, a right-sided midfielder he took his man on beat him for a cross and i thought well that's not that's not his natural game you know he's he's, he's a he's a central mid, mm. midfield player so and there's yeah. more chances than just the goal well, yeah, there were, um, you know, and, and some slightly self-indulgent work by. I'm going to pick out Jed. I don't mean to dig him out, but in, couldn't he? he? He could have, you know, he had a phobia loose on the inside. I don't think a phobia. I don't think in that chance. I don't think a phobia done himself any favors because I think what Jed wanted the phobia to do was sort of hold his run yeah. and make him have a lovely little side foot square pass <laughs> just across <laughs> to his left. That never really happened. They should have crossed over or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I think they were so surprised to have won the ball where they were. This is very unmillwall bearing down two strikers running we've, at a defender. We've all got out of practice with it, Harry, haven't we? I mean, the, you know, the, the, the den came alive again. And that was that was that was why we won it, because um the crowd responded to Tougher tackling, uh, more energy being shown. Mason Bennett was putting himself around and, and looking like he wanted it. And you will get a response from the crowd. I mean, you're right. It was a sparse crowd last night, but you wouldn't have known that. You you listen to the recording. It sounds pretty loud. And that's Millwall. Um, so I think the, the win was slightly um, slightly forced upon him. And I think this is this is the thing that's, that's bothering me. And I, mm. I don't know whether I'm being, um, I don't know. Um, over expectation um, syndrome, you know, whether we're expecting. To... I like this. I like this. I this this running thing that I see a lot of people sort of um, sort of flicking out there, like they're baiting some kind of carp carp bait <laughs> when they're fishing. <laughs> that that Millwall are that somehow Millwall fans are expecting too much. This is what I was promised when this guy was brought in. I was brought in to uh, challenge the, for the top six. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the, that was the five year plan. That was we mm. were supposed to be. Uh, we've done the establishing ourselves in the championship. Now we shouldn't be looking. You know, we've got arguably the best right winger in the championship. Arguably, whether I'd or not you so. rate yeah. him, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's another question. But statistically, hundred percent, one of the best right wingers in the championship. We are probably a striker light of being a very, very, very good side. Yep. We have Tom Bradshaw who. Scores two goals the other week and then doesn't get a look in at the den. Um, 
Yeah, we hit yeah. low crosses, right? And, and this is the thing: we scored from another low cross last night. We I did. don't think that's, I don't think that's a, a a thing. But how many times do we normally hit low crosses? Um, normally, our think, crossing is poor because it hits the first defender and goes. Yeah, you know, that's I it. mean, how many times have you seen that this season? Harry? It's it's been ridiculous. But th- these are all kind of points. He has become a sort of semi-lucky manager, and I, I, I'm you, luck has to turn or run out at some point. So. I'm, this is what my concern is that the Sheffield United win. Let's take that for instance. It takes a last-minute goal from your left back, who's at, uh, your left centre back, who's having not a particularly great season because mm-hmm. Jake, uh, Jake Cooper again last night was kind of when he's good, he's very very good, and when he's bad, he's awful. And yeah. um, he he scores that goal. They played against nine men for what uh, ten men rather for what forty minutes, forty-five minutes. Yeah. Um, against Sheffield United, and you win a game, and everyone goes, "What a result!" It was. It's a good result on paper. But you actually dive into result. the actual yeah. perf- the performance, and that's that's the problem. The results are fine. It's the performances that are a problem. Now, some people care turn around and say, "I don't give a fuck what our performances are like as long as we're winning games." That's fine as well. But the performances. Our paper, well, the, the the results are papering over the performances in terms of papering over the cracks, and I am very worried that Mister uh, Mister Wallace won't be there in January. And when that happens, this this lovely looking table, as we look at it, what are we eighth mm, before the game? I'm just looking at it as you're speaking. Two put, well, we're goal difference out of a throw away from Luton in sixth spot. Um, above them, Huddersfield. What's and the Coventry. top? What's the top six? Who's third? Top, well, top six. You've got Bournemouth top of the table, thirty-seven points. Uh, second, Fulham, thirty-two. Then there's a, a four-point gap to West Brom in third. And then after that, you've got much of a muchness clubs. Without being disrespectful to Coventry in fourth, uh, Huddersfield in fifth, and then Luton, Blackpool, Millwall on twenty-four and six, See, seven, eight. If you're the Premier League and you look at that top eight. You are generally sitting there going, "Don't fancy any of them, really." You know they're not glad. They're not the glamorous names. They're not the most no. glamorous name. West Brom have... will be the only as near to glamour, or maybe Fulham to some level, but not really. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Fails, I can't imagine fails. Millwall and Blackpool are higher on the list of One. of they desirability. Must have. <laughs> I can imagine Newcastle's new owners really bought Newcastle with the ideas of trips to fucking trips Blackpool to the and Millwall. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, interesting. Next, so that I mean, this is the point as well. He's like, is it because? See, with me, it's like I don't want to believe in this because I've been hurt before. So I don't, I don't want to believe that we're actually any good. But the question is, is I don't think we are good. This is the bit I've seen us be have better teams and get nowhere. Like, do you understand or play a more? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like whether this is a better, maybe this is a team, and we've not got many individuals. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Like it's my my. I think we've got a lot of good individuals by mill standards. I mean, whether that's that's as good enough to sustain a challenge over a, a what is it, a forty six game program? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, my, my my fear. Um, I was sitting there last night at the end of that drab first half, and the mind wanders as as it does, listeners, as you know. And I was thinking, actually, this this feels a bit like certain relationships I've known where the only way you communicate is by shouting at each other. You don't actually talk to each other. You don't have any kind of meaningful conversations. The only way you communicate is by screaming blue murder at each other. And then maybe whatever you're doing or she's doing changes 
or you carry on doing it even more. And I, I, as people were shouting abuse at Gary Rowett last night, and it got quite um, quite fruity um, in, in to, to block one and uh, block three, I did say. I thought, is, this is getting like this. I won't name the, the, the poor <laughs> poor woman <laughs> involved. <laughs> Can't defend herself and would shout back about my uh, bad ways, you know. But it's, it, you, you kind of finish up screaming at each other. <laughs> That's how you talk to each other. That's all you got. You've only got rows, you know. You don't have normal yeah. like rows. Like I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, Rich. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of understand. What you're, it's like when you, when you, when you're saying yes to avoid a row, even though you know it's going to put you in a sort of mood, in which case you will have a row anyway because you'll say you're fucking miserable, right? And that, interspersed with the rows, you've got the little highs when you actually win one, and you've got the buzz when you're walking out the day, and you know you've actually yeah, had yeah. a good, a good night, you know. And that's what that this is what this is becoming. This is becoming like <laughs> fear. Saturday. Like Saturday is this so old Millwall, pre-Rowett Millwall, pre-chaos as Rowett would put it. You'd look forward to Saturday thinking, well, Millwall are gonna go and have a go at Derby and Rooney's there as a panto villain. It, and, villain and, that's right, absolutely. And He's, and all that. We don't we don't twanky on, on the sideline there, you know. Absolutely, yeah. all these kind of things, and maybe throwing a ball in his face or something when you're giving it back for a throw in or so. These are all these are all things that have happened, right? Yeah, yeah this but, is what goes on. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? But I can't see that. I, I just couldn't it's I can see it being a boring one nil defeat or a boring one nil win. And if you get the one nil win, you'll you know, with results going your way, we'll we'll be sitting like fifth or fourth and you'll be going, What's everyone fucking moaning about? You know, cheer up you miserable bastards. We won, didn't we? You know, there's a little bit of that. And maybe maybe we all are maybe we all are miserable. Maybe maybe we're not. And the thing is as well, I mentioned to my brother last night, I said, if we you know, if we do somehow shit out our way to the playoffs, yeah. It puts you in a he, he turned around and went, No, you know, depending who finishes third and if you finish sixth, you know, if it's Fulham, we're going to get blown away anyway, so it won't matter. But if you somehow they get up and you've got West Brom, over two legs, can you see a Gary Rowick side scoring enough goals over two legs uh, to beat a side? That, that's it. The, the getting to the playoffs shouldn't be seen as the accomplishment of the, of the season. The season, that's when the season starts. But we've never even started the season in the championship, or not for. A, I know what, what you mean. Best part I, of I think his years. choice of word for for the Stoke game, which felt like something like a traditional Millwall match. You know, everyone listening to this show knows exactly what we mean when we say that. It, I didn't think of it as chaotic, I th- and I think you know it's what we've touched on here, Harry. It's that didn't feel chaotic. It just felt like a Millwall game. You know, where yeah, suddenly the rules are out the window. Suddenly, form doesn't matter. You're taking the game to. a arguably a better opponent um but that's that no longer matters because of course you're going to leave yourself open at time to time every team's going to have a tax this idea like it did become stretched the game becomes stretched it was like a did last night did last night but that's what happens in football people move they go the ebb and flow you know they're getting driven on by the crowd Mm. you know this is what happens this is what note to Gary, the home team are supposed to rise to that. That's what they're supposed <laughs> to live on. That's the advantage of being at home. This is why for many years, you know, in Europe, teams never won away from home because it was partisan crowd and it was yeah. they, they lived up to it. It was hard places to go, you know. Achtung, Milwal. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This thing that the den should be, it should be a hard place to go at its very core. And you're taking out the element that makes, you know, last season you talked about, this is the interesting part. Remember during lockdown when he didn't win in I don't know, eight a years? A long time. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. He mentioned the fact that it was always going to be hard for us because we didn't have our crowd. Mm. Now, but you, you've come back and your football is to sort of nav- navigate the crowd's wants and desires who are going to help you achieve your, you know, they should be, they should be one. We should both want the same thing. We should like the manager, crowd, team should all be working towards the same goal. The goal is for us to win football matches, right? I agree. Agree. However, however decisively you can argue both of those two wins, Stoke and Reading last night, you know, you could talk about whether they're decisive wins or not. They, they were good wins from from my perspective. Both have occurred where that crowd and the team almost fuse as one unit. It becomes Millwall. Um, that's when we, we the only time we'll ever succeed, in my opinion, in league terms is where we have that feeling on a regular basis because that's that's how we compensate for the lack of finance that brings in the the international players that other teams call normal. I remember when Gary Rowett first joined us, Harry, uh, just after Neil Harris departed, and I can't remember how he put it, but so I'm paraphrasing a bit, listeners. But he, he said something to the effect that he wanted the Millwall crowd to be to make it the horrible place that he remembers as a as a, as a player coming. He wanted that sense of um, overpowering bias for the crowd the home crowd it brings it brings a, a pressure on everyone and it, it uh, makes you know good teams crumble um but i don't think he believes it i think he i think there's a certain fear of it because you don't know <laughs> it's like riding the tiger you don't know where it's going to run off to do you you know and i think sometimes you can talk about loving that but i don't know whether he does love it i think one thing i did pick up from neil listening to his podcast and i'm not here to contrast the two because they're two different men but I think he did understand that, and I don't think he feared it. I think he knew that it was the it was the secret weapon up our sleeve. And I think that's what's gone missing. 
my question would be is that under Harris, we were famously very, very good in cup competitions. We yes, we were yeah. more than the some <laughs> of our parts. I can never imagine us beating the Premier League side under Gary Rowie, even if we mm. were in the Premier League. I think we would do Norwich are setting a record this season, would be my would you know be my yeah. I mean, the high points, the high points of Leicester will, in the cup, um, Everton in yeah, the cup, Harry. Both you know, big if, nights, if we, big bed nights, you know. If we ever went up under a Gary Rowett managerial reign, it, you know, I can imagine a record low po- points total from Millwall, where the idea to go up and to become even more Millwall, to double down on the, we need to fucking get 15, 18 points at home this season to have any chance. You know what I mean? Like, this would be the bare minimum. And uh, I couldn't imagine Gary Rowett doing that. So, uh, I, again, I'm not saying that, I, the problem is, is I, you're biased by the fact that you only watch Millwall on a regular basis. So yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't sit here and listen to the Luton Town podcast or, God forbid, a fucking Birmingham City podcast, because I'm pretty sure that a lot of these Bristol City are another one. There are bigger clubs than us who are having well, worse seasons. Look at and they seem to be going. Yeah, they seem look to be going through City, managers. You know. You know yeah, um... they seem to be going through managers like you know like a hot knife through butter and they're not really getting anywhere but no, no. F- for us we seem to um we seem to have somehow found ourselves in a position where i don't know we 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 want i think it's coming from a good place these people that want i don't necessarily think everyone really means they want rowick gone i think what they want they don't want gary rowick gone they just want the, this version of gary rowick gone they want the original Gary Rowett, the yeah. all the new shiny, tactically and well, like want, astute manager. They want the Gary Rowett that, in fairness to him, because this is not a, a, a knock fest. I don't want it to be a knock fest for Gary Rowett, but he did make changes last night, Harry. He, he did, however you want to put it. He forced the changes are forced on him against Stoke, and last night, and you then had two of the best halves of football that we've seen since pre-COVID, you know, because it, it was all, it was gung-ho. Suddenly Millwall's alive and that's what you, that's what you go there for. Um, there's, a, there's a great meme there somewhere with you saying Gordon's alive with Millwall's alive somewhere. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that for me is the essence of it. I mean, you can't approach every game where you're all out attack because that becomes predictable. So, you know, I do accept I'm, I'm trying to be counsel for the defence of, of Gary Rowley. I do accept that sometimes you have to set up and particularly away from home, but some maybe sometimes at the den too, where you're not necessarily playing the game that your opponents think you're going to play. So there's there's always a place for you know keeping your hand mm-hmm. tight. Um, but in general, over the 23 home games, if he plays the kind of football that we well, less now since we're into the season, but if he plays the kind of football we saw in the second half, in general, you'll win a lot more than you lose at Millwall with that kind of approach. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I'm now trying to cancel something for the defence. I don't know whether or not they're targeting a points tally by a certain game number. I don't know if they've sort of moneyballed this. Managers that, do do it, that, don't they? Yeah. They're requiring, I need this many points by Christmas, mm. knowing that I might then, you know, let's, let's be honest. If Millwall were eighth outside the playoffs on goal difference, there will be new, there will be more money because Berylson yeah. will back it because... Yeah. There's a chance. It, yeah. There is a chance, and they backed it under Aris in in Ben Marshall. Um, mm. And you know there w- there will be funds. I'm sure there will be. Um, whether or not that means that 
and players have to leave or whatever. We, we're not privy to these conversations, but you know, Millwall, the den will pick up its own. You know, if we're eighth at Christmas, Christmas will be big at the den um, for the games that we're there, and then we're into January and March and uh, April, and then you know, you go through that January February stage, and they're still there in eighth and yeah. two three points outside the playoffs, and you win a couple of games, you, it will. It won't matter what they're playing like on the pitch. It'll be us lot off it that will we'll drive that. On. That's right. That's right. So maybe there maybe maybe he's managing maybe he's managing our expectations until he needs us as the eleventh man. He's doing a good job of that. That's for sure. <laughs> I was trying to be positive. I I I I I, I don't know. Like I sat there last night, and I, I I'll be honest. I'm, I've got something on on Saturday. I've got um like stag do whatever yeah. so i can't go so I, yeah. I i went last night and wouldn't watch it on the red button but it was fucking cold and it was <laughs> it was it, hard, I, you know you kind of have forgotten you know through covid or whatever not that it's outside but you forget how fucking sort of eerie stadiums are in it with the it was sort of foggy last night it come down and it was in front of the halogen bulbs of the floodlights and it was it was all the old romanticism and then someone calls someone a cunt and you're like yes this is what i come here for on a tuesday night but then it warmed up a lot in the second half and you forget about the cold because that's what football does that's the power of the game um I mean, we've we've got a big game on Saturday, but as you said, we've got the Panto villain in Wayne Rooney coming down to the den. We another you let your off, country down, you let, let your country, country down. down, all the rest of it. Um, I mean, if we can tap into what we had last night in second half and and what we had against Stoke, let's call it the Mill Chaos because that's that's the way it's gonna um, that's the way it's gonna we're gonna succeed if we're gonna succeed this season. I think if Gary Rowett can understand that and somehow overcome his own personal demons and start to go with it, then you know he may yet salvage um, the season. I think there's, there's there's no there's no reason when you look at the the teams above us. If you exclude the ex Premier League sides, Harry, Bournemouth, Fulham, West Brom, Coventry, Huddersfield, Luton, Blackpool above us, we've seen we've seen Coventry at the Den. They weren't very good. Mill switched off for two. We minutes. made them. We made them look better yeah. than they were. I think that's that's the the thing. And then what? Blackpool. We beat last minute goal. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, we haven't. Luton beat us. And so, then the pack you know, behind us: Blackburn, Swansea, QPR. None of those are all that. You know, Stoke. We've we've seen already. So there's no reason. I mean, all these clubs would say the same thing, but we're talking. A lot of clubs are saying this about us. Let's be honest. In any other clubs podcast, going, how the fuck are we there? That's normally the the question. How are we all there? But we've got something they don't. And that's the den, and that must become our secret weapon. If it's not so well, secret. Not so secret. <laughs> but and if Gary Rowett can't get that, then he's not as good a manager as everyone says he is. Um, that's a different. Whether he is a very good manager or not is a different different podcast have you have you sort of have you come to the conclusion that you want him gone it feels very much like i i I felt like i i sort of sat on this island by myself for quite a long time and the island seems to have grown around me as more people have turned up on the ship sat row it and now now i'm sort of sitting i don't i'm not necessarily fully aboard i'm sort of standing on the (laughs) gangplank looking at others joining and thinking have I got it wrong or is everyone coming to me now? <laughs> you know, I think I've changed my mind more times to be more, well, no, I don't I th- like th- his style, but he's not bad enough to get sacked, which is a different thing. Well, I think he's, I think he's probably in that zone because the results will do his talking for him. It's only if the results tail off will, I think, the club actually um, act. Now, whether, they're, you know, if it tails off early enough and we don't get involved in the relegation fine, which looking at the table, we shouldn't do because the bottom three look like they are 
um, distinctly going to be worse than everybody else above them. So even if we have a mediocre season from here onwards, um, we shouldn't be involved in in certainly in the in the in the bottom of the table, at bottom end of the table. Um, I don't see any reason why Millwall would sack him because I don't think it's in the nature of not in the DNA of, of the club to act as ruthlessly as um, as that. Although we'd interesting. We'd never do what Spurs did, would we? We wouldn't have aligned someone up on the odd chance that he's, you know, if he loses the next game, he's gone. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll or, talk to you now, you know. Well, put put Spurs to one side because they, they, they move in different circles to us. But um, going back to the Neil Harris podcast, what uh, Theo did in axing two club legendary servants in McCleary and, and Mac, uh, Rhino and Macca to bring in Mark McGee, which actually was decisive. It was ruthlessly done. Um, in the what turned out to be the championship um, winning season in in the in the third tier, um, so when we did act ruthlessly in the past, it paid off. Now who knows? I mean, I, I don't I don't see Mill doing it. So uh, you know, to some to some extent, it's uh, it's just speculation. Um, to answer your question, do I want him gone? I, I I I am increasingly thinking that we have a good set of players here, Harry. I mean, we saw it, we've seen it twice now, Stoke and and Reading, where the players have come alive. They've brought the the the, the crowd into play, and actually, we have players of some talent actually by by our standards. And I, I'm just wondering whether another manager would bring out from those players that that kind of um, Millwall attacking verve that we've all you know we all want to see back. Um, it doesn't seem to be in Gary Rowett's nature. Whether he can tap into that over the next month or two, going up to Christmas, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope he will. I don't expect him to, but I hope he will and, and, and find that that streak. Um, but I do wonder whether somebody else would would have done would be doing a better job. I don't know who that mm. person is. I don't have any names. And people always say, "Well, who would you bring in?" And you know, I was reading the um, saying to Mike, reading the the Reading manager after the game, his post match comments where he said that Reading were fantastic. I thought, what 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 deluded person are you? You know, what the what game were you watching? So I, I do don't want him. Let's put him no, on. We don't want him. him on. No, don't want him then. Um, I, don't so I don't know, know who else is, would be there. Fucking, I definitely don't want that. Um, no. Yeah, I mean. For me personally, I think it's depending on what your expectations are. My expectations are that Mill should challenge for the top six. I don't think this league is particularly great. I think when you've got a player like Jeff Wallace in your team, you should be looking at one end of the table rather than the other. Yeah. Um and the the keepers the keepers class, the left back's decent, the centre midfielders are all right. Savile scored ten goals when he was here last time when we played to his strengths and didn't play him in a position that doesn't suit him. Wallace is arguably the best player in the division on his day yep. you know every other week almost um and i think that's good enough i think i've named four or five players there that are decent sean Hutchinson is an unsung hero and probably my player of the year so far that's it he you know they, last night. Yeah, no, this okay. is this is this is beginning to become a deep, very good championship side a very very good championship side now is it ready to take the next step? And is this manager ready to guide us to that next step? I'd almost want someone that's done it before. That's kind of my, that's kind of my an problem. An experience. Well, not necessarily experience. I just want someone with like, if, like if what you're saying there is like, we're looking at this idea that we moved away from Millwallness when we got rid of Harris to this next level of, of sort of artistic tactical now, whatever mm. you want to call it. 
you know, I, I can't see it. I, I just see a different style of football. I don't see necessarily a more tactically astute manager at times. Yes, he's got two things right, but we could list we could list a hell of a lot more things that he's yeah, got yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, the the the, the same comebacks of, of why Rowett should stay and, and this and he should be given more time seemingly come around that people like to batter sort of certain players that were here before he was here. Well, it is his job to get rid of them. That is a football manager's job and the recruitment side is his job as well. I think so, overall we're better. I mean, we've got, we've got more quality in the squad. We I mean, do. We are a better still squad. Some, there's still some dead better squad. We, we, we know that. Um, yeah, you can argue but, about some some players are not featuring. But overall, um, with one or two exceptions, I'd say the, the squad has improved. So is, where, for you, where would be a successful season then? That's See, I think that's... I think before the season you asked that, but I think yeah. we asked a lot of people and I don't think we got, we sort of got like top 10, but the top 10 is the same as what we finished the two seasons before. You've got to start to make progress. Otherwise. Well, we didn't, I thought, I thought we had, but last season was kind of a season that was erased because we didn't go and it was all kind of behind closed doors, but we finished um, 11th last year. But I mean, you know, one, one or two spaces doesn't make much difference. I mean, unless we're finishing in the top six, in my opinion, then it's 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 a mediocre season. Um, now you can you know I, I can talk to a cow's come home about Mill's history and how brilliant a season that is, but it doesn't mean jack shit. It's the, the the way the game is now. Unless you're involved at the top table, then you're largely speaking, you know, treading water. And I think that's that's you know, I, I to some level I don't. You know, Mill's always been treading water, so that's why you know we go. But I just want to see some entertainment on those fortnightly trips across the water but to answer your question directly i think unless we're finishing in the playoff positions this season then um that's not what we were were, were told when he first arrived his, his aim was to get us into those top six positions or the playoff positions with we wouldn't finish in the top two i don't think um so unless anything short of that it has to be deemed as failure not, not well yeah not 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 delivering what was what was on the well, amazon model, I don't you know? think... I'd like to make this very clear. I don't think anyone's expecting us to get promoted. No, point, that's a even level. through the playoffs. No. I think they just want to get there. Everyone wants that. Everyone wants their night. Everyone wants that Millwall night. You know, and you know exactly what I mean. Anyone who's listening, you know what I mean. Well, you want we the want drama of the last day. I mean, whether you succeed or fail to get into the top six, if it's a last day, I don't know where they're doing the Sky Sports and your your one goal settles it one way or the other, last minute and all that kind of thing, then you have had your drama. Um, I, I think I think we'll get deli- done on the gun goal. I wouldn't be that with people. Wolf last minute, last. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the Bristol Rovers game a few years ago, where we we won it with with a similar kind of um, you know dramatic last day, yeah. and and they got into Sad the playoffs. Um, yeah, um, but no, <laughs> 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 yeah. like, don't hurt my mind off on the south end and their plight now. But um, anyway, we'll we'll, we'll we'll probably call it quits there. H. I mean, we, I don't think that Millwall will be as ruthless as maybe I would have liked. Um, top clubs are ruthless and then other clubs are also ruthless and they fail. So, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's just free, a coin. I mean, the thing is, I'll chat three names at you and, I, you know, they're, they're the reasons that people will say no is why would they want to come here? Hmm. Two, money. And three, you know, are they coming here for the right reasons? So my three would be Alex Neal, Chris Wilder and Eddie Al. Now, if you're going to get any one of those three, you expect success with those three names. That that's it. Yeah, but, but, um, you know, they're, they're, Alex Neil will have a point to prove. 
whether or not it'll work. He might be the only though. one that's affordable for us. I don't know. They Possib- sold, possibly. I would have thought. But I, um, I, 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 I also race, ridiculously yeah. threw out the other day, and someone said I actually could see that working, is I could see if Sam Allardyce is ever going to take another job in, job in football, I think after getting relegated last season, I think that's his Premier League job's done. I think mm. he needs So If he ever wants to work again, it's going to be a championship promotion. And may, maybe he will. Maybe he will want to come to a club like I could see. I could actually see Sam Allardyce and Millwall going together like a pint of wine in Sam Allardyce's yeah, hands. Ex, and ex-play. I've seen him play in a Millwall shirt in my time. That's, that's how long. I'd like, had, I'd like Allardyce at Millwall. I think, he, I think. I think. I think our back four's sorted for him already. I don't think they have to do much on that. No. I mean, I don't want to leave the show on a downbeat level because we are. Two well, just goal difference out of the top six, so that would be a fantastic season if we finish in in those playoff positions. Um, and I don't have any particular grudge against uh, Gary Rowe. I, I just don't know. Uh, sometimes I can't put any logic to some of the stuff that that we see. Um, but if he keeps getting results like we did yeah, last night and, and previously against Stoke, then um, great stuff. You know, that's, is it that's... because funny that? Like I agree, if he does the great stuff. But is it because you just can't warm to him? I can't warm to him. I don't... No, I don't. I don't think there's any. I, I mean, I'm going to exclude Neil Harris because I think he's a he's a particular. He occupies a particular role in Millwall life, and there would never be another player no. of such stature and manager who actually achieved a lot um, with, with mm-hmm. very limited resources. So, to some extent, it's an unfair comparison. You're, you're talking about somebody that is almost in the lifeblood of the club and remain so, and listening to him speak, I think probably will always remain so in, in everyone's eyes that, that saw him, that was there when he managed. So it, that's a hard comparison. I'm just trying to think of other managers. I mean, you know, I mean, Holloway, when he came to us, was initially thought of as quite a coup um, when he first arrived, and that went quite sour. But not, you know, it, it didn't go sour as quickly as people like to imagine now when it's... I mean, he kept us up the first season. Uh, you know, and, and he, uh, I don't want to rehash the Holloway season, but, you know, a lot of people, and I include myself, listeners, I'm not I'm not um, without sin, you know, um, he, was, he was thought of as being somebody that's going to take us places, and that's why he was hired. Um, he didn't, there was never any love of him, but he did at least um, deliver some initial uh, measure of success, then it all went square, and that, that was that. I'm going to put Lomas to one side because he's, he's, you know... He was dead before he even... He was dead, dead man walking, wasn't he, as he walked through the door. Before he even... The before he did for him. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you're going back to... I don't know, Kenny Jackie had no links to us, but, he, you know, I think he remains very respected and he, 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 he seemed to have a measure of understanding of the club. And I, yeah. I think it's probably that. I think that's the only thing that bothers me with, with Gary Rower is I'm not sure that he understands... The requirements of a Millwall crowd, which is a, in some ways, quite a simple thing, because you know they, they, have, they have quite simple demands, really, which is maximum effort and and some measure of commitment. Um, I think Kenny did and understood that, and knew how to how to to work with that. Um, and I'm not sure, in all honesty, that Gary Rowett has ever really demonstrated to me that he does. Now, a lot of his time has been played before empty stadiums, H. So you know. Um, this is a this is a big testing season for for him as well because he's finally got what he says he's always wanted and maybe 
like, <laughs> like King Midas. King Midas himself, he would wish to touch everything with the gold and it becomes a curse, doesn't it? Maybe it's going down that road. I don't know. Um, don't know. We'll see. We'll, all of that speculation. Let's let's hope for a good win on, on Saturday. Um, let's hope so. Let's hope that, that's hope that next week we're in the top six. And... Top six. Just going to say that. Just going to say that. Beautiful stuff. Many thanks, Harry Warren. Thanks for joining me after your, your busy day so far. And no um, enjoy your day Saturday, mate. I'm going to go down to Den and um, we'll, we'll do another show of this little extra show um, on the weekend, on Sunday. Till then, I leave a dirty meal. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you for listening to Aspen Movie. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. I leave a dirty meal. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.